Radio Drome. Hey, it's Radio Drome episode 26. We are recovering after Lloyd Kaufman was on last week. Brad is with me again. Jared, I don't think, could handle that much Lloyd, so he's sitting out this week. What's up, Brad? <laughs> he got a contact hangover. If you guys didn't listen last week, Lloyd was getting hammered while he was talking to us, and I'm actually all right with that. Me too. But this week we got some special drunk guests. The shows. Are you getting drunk during the show, Brad? <laughs> Most of the time. Uh, we got some special guests. We got Mike and Justin from The Projection Booth. What's up, guys? Hello. Greetings. So people know your voices. Introduce yourselves with your respective voices. Hi, I'm Mike White, and with me, as always, is Mondo Justin. Hello, Gavna. Your real voice. <laughs> it's his real voice. Yes, he so, does speak like that. He's actually a chimney sweep that I picked up on the streets of England. More, <laughs> sir, more. Yes. <laughs> and then I beat him around the neck. Wish my town still had chimney sweeps. <laughs> Do you even have a chimney, Brad? Uh, <laughs> that would be dangerous if I had a chimney. Jared lives right above me in a duplex. <laughs> no, it'll, it'll only be j- dangerous for Jared, not you. Right. That's true. I'll be perfectly fine. Time, I just don't get it. <laughs> Why is my apartment so black? <laughs> having, a, having a chimney is just a state of mind. Right. <laughs> there right. is no chimney. It's just, you have to imagine the chimney. It's the or deepest discussion about a chimney I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm putting, well, I'm putting chimney in quotations. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say, people might recognize Mike White because he's been on the show before. He was the one that exposed Tarantino as being a no-good thief. And Justin, besides being on the projection booth, has got a new magazine coming out. Don't you, Justin? I do. I have a magazine. I have a website currently. We too. don't care about the website. We only care about the print magazine. All right, well, the print magazine is called Mondo Film Magazine, and it's coming out on bookstore shelves in September of this year. Okay, fine. Plug your website, too. And the website is Mondo-Video. It is an online magazine, and it basically just, you know, comprehensive and cutting-edge interviews with everyone from Alex Winter to Diane Thorne to Joel Hodson from Mystery Science Theater 3000. Brad, can you stand up to that? (laughs) Let me think. I once met I once met the principal from Welcome Freshman. Oh, oh I yeah. Was say, Welcome back, Cotter. <laughs> I was gonna be so impressed. Listen, I, I would I would I would actually give up a kid if I had one to interview Gabe Kaplan. I get I can live on Uncle Jokes, you know, for days. Hey Julie, let me tell you about cousin I'll tell you about Uncle George. Has he ever released a book of just Uncle Jokes? They did release a uh, a book of, of your mama jokes, but that oh. was all that only came out in Israel. Okay. Your mama chose in 1991. <laughs> Listen, it's cutting edge. <laughs> well, because, see, we were supposed to have a topic tonight, which was going to be discussing the movie Network, but oh. Brad and I were both too lazy to actually watch it this week to kind of get up on that, so that's that's our fault. I had to watch The Tormentors. <laughs> Is that the, the biker film? Yeah, the, the Nazi biker film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm familiar with that, totally. Yeah, Mike and I were lazy, too. So we yes. didn't watch Network either. Exactly. <laughs> I did just I make saw it... it once, and that I... was enough. Yeah, I saw it once. When I saw it once when I was in high school. I, I I remember really liking it. See, I love it. I used to work in TV news, so it might mean a little bit more to me than it does to you guys, uh-huh. because it's more of a satire of what what I kind of went through. I don't know. Maybe it's just me that I, I love that movie. 
going to say I, I remember really digging the flick. It's like I said, it's it's been maybe fifteen years since I've seen it. Uh, we if we uh, have we talked network, we'd probably have to have Jared here too because he also worked in TV. Yeah, which I is mean, another reason I kind of killed, killed that. Which is why I kind of killed that. <laughs> I listen. I do like the film tremendous, and I have seen it countless times. I was just busy laying out a magazine. I, I do love the film. It's got some real memorable lines, and, and I think it was nominated for Academy Award. Or didn't it win the Academy Award? It won two. It, it won two for Best Actor and Best Actress. And the ironic thing was, those two actors don't share one scene together in the entire film. Right, but I, and I do remember specifically the great scene with Faye Dunaway where she's like this sexually dominant woman to William Holden's character. Who's yeah. quite a bit older. Right, yeah. exactly. Oh, Faye Dunaway. Man, give me the eyes of Laura Mars any day, man. She looks so good in that. Give me Supergirl any day. Give me Mommy Dearest. I was just about oh, to say, man. Brad, did you see Ovation TV on Father's Day showed Mommy Dearest for some reason? Did for they fa- really? Yeah, nice. for Father's Day, because that makes sense. Oh, that's beautiful. My son had never seen it. He never understood when my wife and I would go, No! Wire! Hangers! Now he actually has context for that. <laughs> Very nice. Nothing's clean. <laughs> actually, I've kind of lived a version of that life. Yeah, but we don't need to go into that. From when he was eight years old. So, are, are you saying you were the little girl at the private school? Kind of, but I'm a boy. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I was I was going to harass Mike over you guys just releasing the RoboCop episode of the Projection Booth over at projectionbooth.com. Really, two hours twenty five minutes. I love the movie too, Mike, but jeez. Hey, have you listened to the episode? I mean, it's all meat, no gristle. So I'm 55 minutes in. When it's over two hours long, i got to split them up. I only have yeah. so much drive time. Well, they had, to put in the, they had to put in the sweet commercial breaks, too, like in the movie. <laughs> exactly. I do have one in there. Oh, cool, cool. You know what you guys should have done? You guys should have done a donation drive for a dollar to see if people would buy that for a dollar. Oh, nice. That was a, With, That is a good idea. Damn it. Mm-hmm. With your yeah, help, yeah. we can bring back OCP. Well, you Why know, we if you get to? to the episode, you'll get an update on how the RoboCop statue is going. How is that going? It's actually going pretty good. They just did an update on uh, DetroitNeedsRoboCop.com. Nice. And uh, they even sent out a, uh, a letter from Robert Morton, uh, chief executive, to uh, let folks know how things are, are doing right now. And I've actually started a Kickstarter page where I'm going to get an Axel Foley statue. <laughs> awesome. But shouldn't that be in Beverly Hills? <laughs> well, it was shot in Detroit. Part of it. But yeah, so why not? I want to yeah. put it like on the corner of 8 Mile and Woodward. I live in Springfield. It sucks. I'd only get like a, a John Wayne Gacy statue. <laughs> he <laughs> lived here. <laughs> nice. You know, actually, a little off topic, but actually I'm a proud owner of a piece of Gacy artwork. And uh, it's one, the truly one of original. It's uh, his hand dipped in red latex paint. And put down on a canvas, and he autographed it. Oh, there you go. Nice. I am selling it for five thousand dollars. If anyone wants to contact me, get some authentic Gacy artwork. Because let's see, I think the only claim to fame we have is from where I am near Appleton. Is we had McCarthy. Wait, that's not that's not a positive one. Um, Joe Andrew McCarthy. That is not Andrew McCarthy. (laughs) Joe McCarthy. Paul McCarthy. Orson There's Welles was from around here, so There's Shecky McCarthy. We, we and, might we uh, almost uh, had Orson Welles. Listen, I will <laughs> listen, uh Josh, you and I talked about it a while back that, you know, up there's Ripon, Wisconsin, and yep. Ripon is the birthplace of Harrison Ford. 
Yeah, but I doubt he comes back to Wisconsin too often. What time? Do you look at his Facebook? Yeah, because I totally am a big Facebooker. <laughs> Great weekend in Ripon. <laughs> Bought some cheese curds. It was fantastic. That's right. Checked out Mars's Cheese Palace. I know Michael Dorn comes up for EAA every year. Except <laughs> for his Alcoholics rest- Anonymous meeting? What? <laughs> Eccentric Alcoholics Anonymous. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's the ones where they have to have the girl drinks with the umbrellas and bamboo straws and all that. And, and, and then if you read it wrong, they'll, they'll help you uh, fix a flat tire, too. You have oh, guys jumping joke. up on tables, reading their 12 steps, and cutting honey with scissors. Now you're speaking my language. <laughs> you have <laughs> been field. That was my homage to uh, Alice Cooper meeting Salvador Dali. <laughs> Brad actually has an entire show where him and his friends sit around a table in a bar and get drunk and discuss Bruno Matai movies. Yeah. Oh. We shot two episodes of that last week with Strike Commando and Robopor. I never heard of the movie. Uh, oh, 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 oh. You cut out. You cut out really bad there, Brad. I did. Yeah. Oh, that was. It works out because that's exactly what I said. See, there you go. Oh, you didn't cut out. That's just what you said. See, no, no. We, uh, yeah, we shot us talking about Strike Commando and Robo War, nice. and uh, never got to Zombie Three or Scalps. We haven't gotten to those yet. We haven't got those. Those are coming up here pretty soon. You're um, going chronologically, right? We are going well. We are going chronologically, but we shot the Robo War one out of order. Even though I'm going to air it in order, we had to shoot it earlier because of a guest of a guest on there. But uh, yeah, that was that was fun because there was a a lady in the uh, which some of this got in the episode. There's a lady in the bar, drunk as hell, who keeps uh, making out with our cameraman. <laughs> was he willing? No. That that's even better. No. <laughs> that's even better. Long story have... short, Jared was getting molested. <laughs> is that is that different from whenever he's on one of your shows? <laughs> no, this time it wasn't in the script. Jared's our normal third host, but I figured I asked him to set out this week because we got four people on now, and, you know, fifth wheel is just too many people. Someone should actually try to put a pod... Maybe Mike and I should do that. We should try to put a podcast out where you can try put 50 people on three mics. <laughs> many go. people crammed into one room... It's, you just hear this audible blah, blah, blah. <laughs> that uh, is a podcast. Oh th- that's actually sort of happened. Listen to the 42nd Street Pete episodes from uh, um, Cinema Wasteland last year. They did a oh, live. Right. They did a live one from the floor, and you can't understand a damn word that's said because it's just nice. all background noise and people talking. Oh, right, I got just... I I got interviewed recently by a, a Skype call that had like ten or fifteen people in it or something like that. Oh my gosh! It was a disaster. Yeah, it's very it's very hit and miss. You know, like Mike and I have actually had uh, we did uh, for our episode we did on Alex Winter's Freaked. We had Mike and I, Tom Stern, Tim Burns, and Alex Winter all on the same Skype, and it mm-hmm. went perfectly. Like we had no glitches, nothing. So isn't randomly just weird how Skype, you know, cuts out in the most strangest of times. Yeah. Oh, trust me, Brad and I know. Oh yeah. Skype right. will just sometimes drop Brad right from while I'm recording. They'll just drop him. Nice. <laughs> and then, um, you know, you guys mentioned you mentioned doing the Cinema Wasteland interview. We we actually, Mike and I just got back from uh, we, New York, and we did an episode on the Warriors. And you can hear just a massive amount of, you know, ambient, like, New York City noise in the background, too. So we well, able works to out. phase it out some, but, yeah, it turned out good. Well, uh-huh. once uh, Todd Sheets, our boss, he was interviewing uh, William Lustig, and he had his window open, and you could hear a car accident and then sirens in the background, and he goes, 
I live in New York. What can I say? Yeah, nice. And it was just like, yeah. damn. <laughs> yeah, and, watching watching Maniac in the background. <laughs> no, I think our, he was reenacting our, yeah, it. In our show, you can hear like street vendors and police cars, and ambulances, subways. That's. But it's the <laughs> Warriors. So what do you? What do you else do you need? You know. That's right. Can you dig it? <laughs> no digger. And we also, even though we're kind of fibbing a little bit, we actually uh, in the episode we claim that we're wearing Warriors vests around New York. So you just <laughs> you just admitted you're lying. Two husky guys, bald from Detroit, warrior, from Detroit, wearing Warriors outfits around New York City, looking for locations. Uh, you're, you, you know, you <laughs> guys are a really bad gang. And uh, it comes to mind Blue Oyster Bar also comes to mind. All I can hear is that song that always plays in all the movies. Yeah, Mike was humming that the whole time. <laughs> we we reenacted some scenes from Cruising. It was pretty fun. Oh, well, beautiful! No, you did. I hit, I walked ca- cautiously behind as you did that on your own, and, and just because you were wearing the wrong hand handkerchief in your back pocket, <laughs> lip that, lips and are, I had, right, lips and I, hips, right. And I have a I have my vest on, but I also you know I don't, I'm not wearing a shirt, but yet it looks like I'm wearing a shirt under my vest. If you know what I mean. <laughs> I still say the Powers Booth scene in Cruising was just information I wish I didn't have in my head. Oh, that's information that I can't believe I already knew. Oh, see, that's <laughs> even worse, Brad. Because, <laughs> nice. like, Cruising, to me, that's a movie that could have been so much better than it was. I love Cruising. See, I, I, I'm sure you do, but <laughs> but, but we're talking the movie. No, uh, that's exactly what I was talking about. Ah, okay. No, see, my problem is I hate the fact that they did spend so much time with the whodunit, whereas I saw that as that could have been a great psychological movie with him really getting into that lifestyle and him having trouble dealing with his wife-girlfriend. And they did touch on that a little bit, but to me that's what the bulk of the movie should have been. You know, his confusion of what world he truly wants to live in, that to me would have been a more interesting movie than catching the killer who, let's face it, it was a convoluted killer plot anyway. Well, I felt so you're what, talking like Lethal Weapon, kind well, of. Well, what, what you describe there is pretty much what the book is like, the book that it's based on. It's a lot more psychological than the movie is. Why I love the movie so much is I just love a good early 80s sleaze flick, and that movie is sleazy as hell. Okay, I, I won't fight you on that. But I feel the same way about Stanley Tong's Mr. Magoo. See? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, when when, um, when I interviewed James Glickenhouse, we were talking about Shakedown. Shakedown's yeah. one of the last movies shot on 42nd Street before they cleaned it up. Ah, uh, yeah. So that's one of the last moments to see the sleaze fest that was 42nd Street. Yeah. And it's got a slamming Bob Seger score. <laughs> That's our, that's our nod to Detroit, by the way. I'm trying to work that in. <laughs> Other than RoboCop, Detroit hasn't produced anything worthwhile in, in you know, a good 40 years. Wait, Dude, I, what about wait, Home Improvement? Okay, okay, wait a minute. Then, okay, seriously, you yeah, really want to go, you really wanna go words, there? You know? I mean, uh, let's never, we can't, is that, is that in correlation to film or music or what? I mean, what was that in correlation to? Me just try, trying to be sleazy and kind of get under your guy's skin. I mean, did you did you see Gran Torino? No, actually, I haven't. But I did see Eight Mile, so that kind of it's a counter argument there. See, I had to sit through Eight Mile hundreds of times because I worked at the movie theater, and it was a two screen theater, so there wasn't a whole lot of variety. I thought you meant you were. Now, if you saw the movie, does that mean you were just doing aisle checks the whole time, just kind of hanging out in the back, or no? See, at the theater I worked at, you get so bored. I'd watch movies that I would never even watch on cable. 
I'd sit in the bo- literally in the projection booth and watch them. You know, I can't yeah. believe I sat through Blue Crush and Treasure Planet and the Country Bears. You get so bored after a week, you just watch these things. Yeah, I worked at a movie theater too, and it was the same way. It was the same way. I, I was working. Yeah, I, I I also was working there when Country Bears was out. Yeah, it, that sounds like a that sounds like an adult film. <laughs> well, Walken's in it, so there's yeah. that. Well, Christopher Walk Christopher Walken played the part like it was a psychological. I don't think anyone told him it was a kids' film. Bees. <laughs> it was like he was. Re- it was like he was uh, doing his role from True Romance for that film. Pretty much. There's some outtakes of him redoing the same dialogue for True Romance in, in that movie. I haven't killed anyone since 1984. <laughs> <laughs> we washed the eggplant off my hands. That's right. I love this guy. Blam, blam. That's right. <laughs> Was he like True Romance? How do these independent films get casts like that? Well, listen, I actually know a fair amount about True Romance, and I'll tell you why. Because I, mean, that was I Tony recently, Scott directing that one. It was. But prior to Tony Scott coming on board, there was a whole different uh, cast attached and a director, but the money fell through, and the producers, to get money, had to recast the film. You want to know who was originally cast in the Christian Slater role? Do I want to? I think you do, because it'll be very interesting to see this. Okay. Robert Rustler was originally cast as the Christian Slater role. Really? That's yeah. awesome. I know, right? I love gotta, Robert Rustler. I know. I just I just interviewed him actually, and we talked about True Romance in depth. And he kind of awesome. was like, oh, "Yeah, he was kind of like, you know, look at where my career would have went had that not fallen through." I'm a huge Robert Rustler fan, and I oh man, that would have been great seeing him as uh, Clarence. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. Actually, he's he's sweet. Uh, he's got a lot of cool things in the works. Too. Oh, he's nice. Trying to come back big. Oh, that's that's good to hear. But see, like, what what I was getting at was, like, True Romance was a relatively low-budget independent film. You know, I mean, <laughs> relatively low-budget. And it has all these huge stars in it. And last night I just watched The Salt and Sea again. And that's yeah. another relatively low-budget film. Just every single actor is played, or every single role is played by a major actor. Uh-huh. Right, but I think that, if, you know, you've got good material. It doesn't matter how low the budget is because people are going to respond to the material regardless. It's like... I mean, that just happens. Look at how it's happened in history. Don't ask me to give you an example right now because you're putting me on the spot. Huh. But I'm sure Mike could think of one. Now I'm going to put Mike on the spot. Well, while Mike's thinking, <laughs> I, I can say 12 Monkeys. They say on the commentary for 12 Monkeys that both Brad Pitt and Bruce Willis basically worked for scale because they couldn't have afforded them on the budget that they had, but they both wanted to work on that movie with Gilliam. So yeah, they, but, they but took scale is still like five hundred thousand dollars. Not for they them. Get eight million dollars. Yeah, Bruce has Bruce has done that a few times. So has Damon. Matt Damon, I've seen do that a few times too. If he really wants yeah. to do the movie, he'll he'll take way less than he normally would. Oh yeah. Well, like, you know, look at okay. So I'll tell you the the minimum. You know, the SAG minimum right now for an actor is three hundred dollars a day. You know, there's no way that scale was like under fifty grand. It's just there's no way. But still, it's you know you got Brad Pitt when he was still relatively up and coming. You had Bruce Willis when his name alone would sell tickets in a twenty million dollar film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That plus you had Gilliam's name and all the really weird production design, which I'm sure was not cheap. That was probably a large the largest part of that budget for that movie. Yeah. So it's just surprising that they had these two big actors and again a relatively low budget movie for the type of movie it was. Well, that was really well, the first time I ever saw 
Brad Pitt and anything that I really liked him in. You know, it was after that that I gave him a chance. Breakthrough. That was his real, real first big, wow, this guy's actually a great actor performance. Exactly. Was 12 Monkeys before uh, 7? Yes. 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 It was? Okay. Okay. And then you had Pirate yeah. Night. Remember, you had him in Thelma and Louise, and you also had him in... Wait a minute. Why the f*** are we talking about Brad Pitt? Well, because I wanted to bring up... <laughs> True Romance. We had Thelma and Louise. <laughs> yeah, he was in True Johnny Romance. Swade. Thelma and Louise. Yeah. Johnny Swade, Cool World. California. California is good. Yeah, he was California good in California. Good. Yes. No, his two best roles, 21 Jump Street and Freddy's Nightmares. Yes, yes. <laughs> He's horrible in those. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you watch those two shows, and you could, you'll you never have guessed that this guy is about to become a superstar five years later. It's Pop like, in a DVD of Cutting Class. That's right. It's I like also watching, thought that about John Lovitz. Oh. Well, I was, I was going to say, it, it's like Brandon Lee. You watch Laser Mission, there's no way you see the amazing performance he gives in The Crow. Uh-huh. Right. Well, and not to mention, you know, the the performance is subdued, but I'm a huge fan of Showdown Little Tokyo, and that that is a great movie, and that's a great Brandon Lee performance, even though it is somewhat subdued. Right, but I'm just saying, like, his first quote-unquote major role in Laser Mission, there's no way you see a superstar in the making in that movie. Right, of course. Because, yeah, he didn't really break out until he did, like, Rapid Fire, if you remember. And then Showdown Little Tokyo, and then I actually, I talked to, uh, I've interviewed David Patrick Kelly, you know, who's in the Warriors, and he was actually on the set the day that Brandon Lee was shot. Oh, shit. he actually was, like, standing over him. Like, it was, like, a really cryptic story. Like, I, it'll come out in print later this year, but it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. That's, well, speaking of The Crow and Christian Slater, I read somewhere that he was originally supposed to play Eric Draven. Really? How different of a, how different of a role would that have been? Uh Uh-huh. Well, yeah, it's like, you know, wow. I, it's like Judd Nelson as the crow. <laughs> Robert Forrester as the crow. Well, Judd and Hirsch. They also... Judd, Judd, Judd Hirsch. Hirsch. Judd Hirsch. Oh, Andy Kaufman. <laughs> yeah, I just picture Judd Hirsch getting that letter. Getting that letter at the beginning of the crow, like, Dear John. Then they Straight break in and the, kill him. Straight off the set of Dear <laughs> Mr. Gideon, you're not paying attention. That's right. <laughs> and then he'd wow. wrap his knuckles as the principal from Teachers. Yeah. Hey, hey, Mike, I think we should actually write the Judd Hurst Crow. Because, you know, there again is a reference to Detroit. The guy who made yeah. the Crow, James O'Banion from Detroit, baby. Exactly. The Wrote big the uh, Devil's yeah. Night stuff. James right. O'Barr, you mean? J- oh, yeah, James O'Barr, my bad. You can edit that out. No, I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm not, not going to oh. edit out you asking me to edit it out either. That's that's really <laughs> unfortunate. <laughs> oh well. Dan O'Bannon wrote the Crow. What? I was going to say. Wait a minute. Return of the Living Dead. Alien Life Force guy. Dark yes. Star. I, oh, I love Dark Star. And don't forget that with the Resurrected. You ever see that one? The Chris Chris Sarandon Lovecraft story. I haven't seen that one. Resurrected. Yeah, Chris Sarandon's dual dual identities. And not the best film, but worth a watch. Well, I, I want people to check out Dark Star. I think Dark Star is an amazing film. And yeah, Dark. There's a great two-disc DVD of that out uh, available through VCI Entertainment at VCIEntertainment.com. No plug cool. intended. I was going to say you plug enough. <laughs> well, Brad and I had to, in one of our early episodes, Come we... On. we you we, guys had Lloyd Kaufman on last week. How many times did he plug himself and, and his website? <laughs> <laughs> None. I think he was so drunk... What? He, I, was, I think he was so drunk he forgot to. Oh no, he did. He, he did. He did. He did. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Listen, he's I mean, such God. a nice guy. He's he's helped me on a few levels actually. He's gotten me onto sets. Like <laughs> like he's a really he nice had, guy. He had just off yeah. a heroin. 
Yeah, he got me off a heroin and <laughs> Justin in a room, and yep. Justin's there. He's like, "This baby's up, you know, crawling on the ceiling," and and Lloyd's outside, just like, "Take, you know, take it easy, Justin. I'll get you some coffee. Don't worry yep. about it. Have you seen Poultrygeist? Night of the Living Chicken Dead?" You know, and he did and ask he, me to call him Sick Boy. <laughs> yeah, so Lloyd's really helped out Justin a lot. Yeah, he was yeah. real sweet. He's real sweet and polite. And I actually, uh, when I I was on the set with him and. Like, it's the first time I'd ever met him face-to-face, and uh, he literally just put me to work. Like, I show up, and I talk to him. He's like, here, here's a camera. He's like, follow me around all day and shoot everything. He's like, get the storyboards, get everything. So there may be something I shot, like, coming up in his documentary he's doing. Well, I mean, Lloyd's nothing if not efficient. Yeah. Yes, right, right. <laughs> he knows how right. to use people. That's true. Many, many greats have started under the, the wing of Lloyd Kaufman. A friend of mine, his movie just came out this last Tuesday, Psycho Holocaust. In Wisconsin, I don't know where how it is for you guys up in Michigan, no one in the state of Wisconsin is carrying it. None of the family videos, none of the best buys. It's like Wisconsin doesn't care about this movie at all. Maybe it'll be in the red boxes. Months from now? I mean, it's family video. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think they carry that type of stuff. Yeah. The, the, I mean, like, got... by the way, who, who in the heck goes to video stores anymore? <laughs> I, I do. that question. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, well, when my torrents aren't working, I do. <laughs> yeah, same here. The com- what about Netflix? When the computer goes down? Yeah. When the computer goes down to my uh, uh, Netflix Xbox, yeah, then I uh, pop over to the video store. Well, I'll have to be honest, I haven't bought a film that was made after 1999 because I only collect Laserdiscs. <laughs> there you go. Laserdiscs <laughs> is what we're talking about next week. Don't bring up Laserdiscs. That's next oh, week's okay. topic, damn it. Spoiler alert. Answer. Oh, we're having Ed Glazer on to talk laser discs ne- next week. I was going to give you that cafe flesh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get that Night Dreams two and three that I have on laser disc off of there. I can't find any torrents for lit Night Dreams two and three, and I'm too lazy to bring my laser disc player. Equal upstairs. to Night Dreams. Yeah, the sequel to Night Dreams. They have made two of them. Oh, I got to keep that in mind because I'm doing Night Dreams on the show next week. Oh, you actually are. I just showed yeah. him. I just showed him one of the scenes from Night Dreams, and he's like, "Oh, I'm so doing this as a snob." Yeah, I'm so doing this. A guy in a cream of wheat box screwing. Stuff. Yeah, okay. I'm, this this writes itself. You should come over and Mike it. Hang out, Mike it on a Saturday night. <laughs> Hell yeah! Or, you guys aren't the cream of wheat box, are you? Or are we? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've got new wave hookers on Laserdisc, and it's more uncensored than the DVD is. Nice. You know, I've actually I've talked to the guy that made that movie. He's brilliant. <laughs> the DVD bleeps yeah. out all the racial epithets. Oh, really? Yeah. So the uh, laserdisc is the uh, only uncut version. Well, I've I got think Mike the, has it on beta. French, yeah, I've got the French DVD that still has the Tracy Lord stuff in there. Well, that's oh, that's yeah. technically child porn. Yeah, well. <laughs> I'm just, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's got a collection. Yeah, that's Well, he just he put some duct tape over it. So it's just, yeah. you know. keep, your, keep your laws away from my child porn. Let's well, not go there. <laughs> he mis- he, Mike Mike actually mislabels things on purpose to hide them, so people in his house think he has eight. People think in his house that there's actually 80 death wishes that were made. So uh, all of a sudden, <laughs> Mike, is there going to be a problem when your grandmother comes to visit and she tries to put in snow dogs and she finds new wave hookers? My grandmother's dead. <laughs> actually, Ooh, it's snow dogs. It's snow dogs all of itself <laughs> is an adult film. <laughs> yeah. The skunk scene alone. <laughs> and isn't wait, Snow Dogs, isn't Snow Dogs have Cuba Gooding Jr.? Yeah, it's it's also got yeah. Uhura from Star Trek. Nice, Not to be confused nice. with chili dogs that has Skeet Ulrich in it. 
<laughs> or Hot Dog the Movie. Right. I love Hot Dog the Movie. Listen, or Chill there's... Factor that has Cuba and Skeet Ulrich in it. Or Hamburger the Motion Whatever, Picture. You know, that's one career that went that. That's one career that sadly didn't take off properly. Is it Skeet Ulrich? No. I loved no. Jericho. Oh, I loved Jericho. <laughs> I loved Miracles. Miracles was great, but yeah, Jericho should have made it. <laughs> Again, we've diverted to Skeet Ulrich talk. So what? <laughs> it happens <laughs> all the time. The, on Every this show, this show, <laughs> this show, we we rarely stay focused on this show. Sorry, do we have a topic that's on the table here? <laughs> Not really. We're we're just we're just is our topic. So how about okay. this film network? <laughs> network. Well, Robert Duvall's. Can we in talk that. about broadcast news instead, please? Come on. I prefer broadcast nudes. Yeah. Oh, nice. I don't even know if that exists, but it did it on The Simpsons. They had Let's a talk about the last broadcast. I'm really uh, so. <laughs> Mad at the way that porn titles have gone lately. Instead of I agree, to be clever Brad, didn't you do a I rant? One hundred percent. Batman and Robin movie. <laughs> oh yeah, like yeah, the movie like dot parody. Right, right. Brad did a big rant on that when he reviewed. Parody. Yeah, Brad did a big rant on that when he reviewed Simpsons a triple X parody. Nice. It's like so lame. something. Just change the title somehow. I don't know the Gimpsons, yeah. whatever. The just Simporns. <laughs> yeah, something. the Simporns. You know, it's just something. It's called. It's the yeah. The the movie is called the Simpsons Triple X Porn Parody. Oh my so god! Funny. But listen, I'll tell you. I there's actually I had a writer, a friend of mine, who wrote a huge article for my website about these. And, uh, you know, these people are spending, like, this perverse amount of money to recreate the actual sets. And, yeah. you know, I, I, there's a, a a bit in the article where when they made the Married with Children one, um, the director actually got a hold of David Faustino and brought him to the set. And the first thing out of his mouth was, wow, this is better than my original set. It probably, <laughs> they probably had more money than Fox gave the, the original set. Yeah, so back to Skeet Ulrich. <laughs> When's he going to do how, porn? How great was Skeet Ulrich and as good as it gets? I'm just saying, best five minutes ever. I, I don't think he was acting. I think they just found him on the street and said, do what you do in your everyday life. Do he did. Scream. <laughs> he let Greg Kinnear paint him. <laughs> <laughs> how many times do you wanted that to happen to you? Every time. Oh, this is the only reason I watch Talk Soup. <laughs> you, you know what's ironic about a guy <laughs> nice, painting another nice. guy? The only time that wasn't gay was in the movie where one of the guys was gay, Gods and Monsters. <laughs> you know, I'm a huge fan of that movie, actually. I, I, I love that movie. Yeah. It's the only Brendan Fraser movie that he actually acts in. Uh, yeah. Encino Man, hello. Hey, uh, don't yeah. forget about Monkey Bone, hello. Monkey Bone, uh, Monkey Bone the jungle, dude. Like crazy. The Jungle. <laughs> I stand by my statement. Dudley Do-Right? You know what? Did you know that Ski Ulrich actually had an uncredited cameos in Weekend at Bernie's and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Did he really? <laughs> That's what it says. I'm on the old uh, internet. Oh, on, beautiful. Uh, the IMDB right now and uh, looking something up right now. So why don't you just talk for a minute while I look something up? James Woods was an uncredited extra in The Incredibly Strange Creatures Who Stopped Living and Became, became Mixed Up Zombies. I did know that, actually. And, I uh, heard that. Matt Damon and Affleck and Field of Dirt. <laughs> I didn't know they were in Field of Dreams. Yeah, they play baseball extras. There's baseball players in that movie. I thought <laughs> I thought there was just racist ghosts. Yeah, 
Man, that movie makes me cry like a little girl with skin knee every time. I always said, how come nobody came up with the porno, if you stroke it, it will come? I think that's an Indonesian porno, actually. Ah, okay. But it just, I don't know how to pronounce it. I think that's in Mike's collection, though. Okay, then. If it's got any actors under 18, it's definitely in my collection. If it's got Ooh. Wang Wang in it, it's in Mike's collection. You guys might know, how many witchcraft movies are there now? You mean, oh, uh, I think there's ten. Okay. Yeah, I stopped counting at five. Because <laughs> I, I think their favorite is number two, just so you know. I actually like the one with the vampire, which is seven? Really? Maybe. But I just picked up the first one on DVD, and I've got one, two, three, four, and seven on VHS. I just didn't know how many more there that there were. Two uh, is great because it's got Julie Strain in it, and uh, she actually gives a real solid performance. There's no way Julie Strain gives a good performance. She never has. She was great in the Bear Wench Project. Word! <laughs> See? <laughs> <laughs> wow. And let's talk about the Jim Minorsky Sorceress, which is one of my favorite movies. Oh, I love that. I know, oh, right? yes. I can't believe that. Have you ever seen that DVD for the 50 worst films of all time? I have. Yeah. I saw that. I can't believe that and Galaxy of Terror are on that list. Yeah, right. I know. Those people I know, are you're insane. like all passionate about Galaxy of Terror. I love Galaxy of Terror. I have an original poster on my wall back when it was still called Mind Warp and Infinity of Terror. Well, you might not know. I actually have an actual Aaron Moran in my room, in my man cave. Is she? Does she have her head? <laughs> yes, actually, I, I got her. I got her at a, a Hollywood auction. Well, you must not have had to pay much at, the, at this point. Well, you just can keep her for a couple weeks, and then I, after that, I give it to Mike. <laughs> <laughs> you pass her around like a doobie. <laughs> a doobie brother. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are saying you'd want a brother? <laughs> no, a doobie brother. Ah, a doobie brother. Okay. Yes. <laughs> See what happens when we when we don't have a topic. It just devolves so fast, Brad, doesn't it? They're the best episodes, though. So back to this projection booth thing. Oh, yeah, you guys wanted to plug your website and your shows. That's right. Mike, why don't you uh, get some words in Edwise? In Edwise? Yeah. Edwise has nothing to do with this. I said Ray Wise. Okay. Just because he was in RoboCop, and we talked Twin Peaks a couple of weeks ago, so there. Did you like Twin Peaks? Loved it. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> Just for Twin no. Peaks was on Jeopardy the other day. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what the question was, or what it the was, answer it, was more like. It was. Oh, uh, that's right. They said who the killer was, and then they I did. said Liam Palmer, and they said Bob, and I was like, well, they're technically right. But is is your? I wanted to ask you, Mike, is that Twin Peaks question one of your barometers for if we said no, it's like, well, we can't be friends then? Uh, kinda. Yeah. I mean, had you said I liked the first season, but I didn't really care for the second one, then we could still be friends. But I liked season two. So did I. I like season guys, two. Listen, I, like- I don't mean to interrupt, but I was just reading this fascinating piece of goss- or trivia about Skeet Ulrich. Oh, boy. He was, he was nick- <laughs> He's become obsessed. <laughs> listen, he was nicknamed Skeeter in Little League because, and I quote, I was small and fast like a mosquito flying across the outfield. To and his name was Skeet? Right, and he was actually considered for the role of A.J. Frost in Michael Bay's Armageddon. <laughs> yeah, he dodged a bullet uh, not being in a Michael Bay movie. You could say he dodged the flyswatter. He, do- <laughs> yeah. he dodged the asteroid. <laughs> Listen, Michael Bay's a damn fine filmmaker. Hello? Hello? <laughs> All right, I'm not sure oh. you and I can be friends anymore. <laughs> I'll find out when I go see Transformers 3 next week. Sean Detroit! Booyah! <laughs> Part of it was shot in Wisconsin. Oh, some yeah, of it was right. shot. Some of it was shot in Chicago too. Yeah. So there, we got three states covered. It's like and, a mystery wrapped inside a riddle, wrapped inside of enigma, which is uh, wrapped inside a dog poop. 
Whoa. Uh, and you're passionate about Michael Bay. See, I actually think, and it's probably more his cinematographer than him, if he just quit directing and became a cinematographer, he would become a much better filmmaker. Because his movies always look amazing, not counting the f- cuts every four seconds. But visually, yeah. they always look amazing. And I, I love the sweeping camera moves he does, which is more probably credit to his crew than to him. Sure, uh-huh. I do agree with you. You have to think about, you know, one of my favorite uh, uh, things Michael Bay ever did, you might remember this, is there was this commercial for jeans where these two people were in an elevator. This was years ago, and they were just standing there looking at each other, and there was this whole flash forward of, like, their entire life spent together as a couple, and then the elevator door opened. And that's, like, I remember the, that. Yeah, that's, like, the bulk of Michael Bay for me. And then, like, I own Pearl Harbor, because not because... It's not a good movie, but I love... I'm a big, like, war movie fan, so I love that Pearl Harbor sequence, too, so I own it strictly on that level. What? I think I threw out disc two, I think, because extra features. Well, because, see, yeah. I, I was going to say, like, like Bad Boys 2. It's one of the worst films I've ever seen. At the Wait, same... Sean, Payne, Sean Penn made a sequel to that? <laughs> no, the, the, I the, see, the, did, did what's his name come back? Eli Eastside Morales. Clancy Brown, they got Clancy Brown back. I, yeah, you just, I was going to say Clancy Brown came back too. But Bad Boys Two is one of the worst films I've ever seen. At the same time, being one of the most beautiful films I've ever seen. Yeah, absolutely. It's like it's like a perfect, you know, it's like a perfect turd. You know, yeah. it's got like corn positioned in the right places. And unfortunately, and, it has Martin Lawrence, which doesn't help things. But it does have Henry Rollins, so that's a positive. And yeah. Sinead, if you're talking about Martin Lawrence, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't top it doesn't top Henry Rollins' performance in Johnny Mnemonic, though. I'm sorry. See right. Johnny Mnemonic Highway. Yikes. Yeah, Henry Rollins. Yep. I was I was uh, trying to interview him, so I was just speaking to him, you know, off the record, and he doesn't like his performance in Johnny Mnemonic. And I say, really? screw that. I think he was great in that. It's better it's than Keanu. Not as, not as good as Dolph Lundgren, but still, he was pretty darn good. Dolph yeah, Lundgren. I'm was... interviewing Rollins in a couple weeks, actually. Well, cool. Ask him about Johnny Mnemonic. And I have ask him what he thinks of that Glenn Glenn Danzig uh, Henry Rollins comic book. Oh, I will. I have it. I'm a proud owner. He was actually really good as AJ Weston on the second season of Sons of Anarchy too, as the Nazi skinhead. I think he was yeah. really good in. Uh, was he in the Chase too, the Ed Rifkin movie? Yeah, yeah he was the cop. Was. He was the cop. Was. And he was also really good in, in Jackass. Oh yeah, <laughs> driving the jeep, uh, doing a tattoo, oh, yeah, yelling that was awesome. cuss words left and right. <laughs> do you guys think? <laughs> Ro- do you guys think Roger Ebert should have apologized for the Ryan Dunn comment? Not really. No. That, Mike's a huge Ebert fan. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah. I think he shouldn't have apologized. I'm I'm no, with, actually with so. you on that. You know, first of all, the comment wasn't that bad, and yeah, second. No. After everything Ryan Dunn's d- done, no pun intended, he kind of deserved that. Yeah. Maybe that's just me. It's just like, <laughs> I, I think Gilbert Godfrey shouldn't have apologized for the thing that got him fired from Affleck. Personally, I thought it was a pretty funny joke. But for Ebert, how do you apologize with a robot voice? <laughs> oh. And no face. Right. <laughs> Mike is also kind of quieter. You're really upsetting Mike. He's a huge Ebert fan. <laughs> Brad, Brad, this is where you have to break in and do your face from your favorite I, guy, Eli Roth. I am not quoting Cabin Fever. Pancakes! Pancakes! There's no <laughs> way I'm quoting Cabin Fever. Brad's a Maybe. huge Eli Here Roth like fan. Party. <laughs> Go, my freaking God. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, Brad has a man crush on Eli Roth. 
Oh, really? yeah, you want totally. His, you want his email address? We can... Eli Wallach, myself. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Maybe, will we get in trouble if we uh, publicly announce Eli Ross' email address? Because I have it. I honestly don't know. I say go for it if you want to. Want to yeah. just for fun? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Mike, Mike, what do you think? Yeah, go for it. I say screw it. If we have to censor it later, <laughs> fine. But for hey, now, go I ahead. Had, I had to. I had to sit through cabin fever in a hostel. Do it multiple in times. All right. It is Eli Roth, all one word at mac dot com. There. Now I, you guys should spam him and just tell him faced and pancakes. <laughs> Well, actually, I have uh, I have an interview coming up with Rob Zombie, and uh, I have his direct email, and uh, I decided that if he, I didn't get a response from him for an interview, I was just going to spam him more human than human like 50,000 times. Nice. See, uh, I don't know if I'd be able to remain civil with Rob Zombie. I love Devil's Rejects. I liked House of a Thousand Corpses. I'm all right with his music. I'm not a fan, but I don't hate it. But those two Halloween movies, I don't know if those are recoverable. Mike and I are huge Rob Zombie Halloween remake fans. Like, we don't even oh look, watch the original. <laughs> no, I threw out my original as soon as that one came out. Yeah, no kid, right? <laughs> finally, finally, the story is complete. I was yes. like, finally, a real filmmaker yeah. takes a look at this. Yeah. I always thought his mom was a ghost on a horse. Now see, we finally get to see it. They really I've never heard her to that. not be. So, didn't you see the, didn't you read the yeah. Halloween novelization? Yeah, yeah, I did, actually. <laughs> well, and Brad and I have had a huge discussion before. Halloween 3 does kick ass. Halloween 3 is awesome. Dude, I'm a huge fan. I have the masks, actually. I have, actually, a set of screen-used masks from that film. Very cool. The Halloween 3. I do. My, Silver I, Shamrock. Sometimes I just put the witch on and walk around the house naked, and my wife does not like it. <laughs> Why? Because all of a sudden you become more attractive with that on the he- on your head. Well, then she, no, she yells at me, then ripping off Hobo with a shotgun. <laughs> I haven't uh, seen that yet, so yeah. There's an homage in there. There's a a scene in that film where these uh, guys come in and rob this pawn shop, and the middle guy with the shotgun's got that witch mask on. Okay, see, Brad didn't like Hobo with a shotgun, but I haven't oh, I seen don't it. either. It's it's horrible, but it's the only thing I remember from it. I I even I know that scene you're talking about, but yeah, it just it it just escaped me that that was the witch mask. Well, well, now right. I love the movie. Because <laughs> it's, it's referencing Halloween 3. That's right. For some reason, AMC always shows all the Halloween movies on Halloween out of order. Yeah. They never seem to show them in order. You'll see 4, then 3, then 5, then 2, then 6, then 1. And it's like, hey, AMC, continuity. I know the series doesn't have a lot, but could you try? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember last. I remember last year. I caught the end of Halloween three, and I thought, okay, four, Halloween four is my favorite film in the franchise. That's next. Why is the second film starting? It's like, wait yeah, a minute. I love the Halloween movies too. I'm trying to think. What was the one? I, I gave up after uh, that one that had the whispering. What was that one? The what? Was that six? Six. It has like a cult that whispers. I just remember. Like, oh yeah. Oh, so you, you never got to see Coolio? Uh, was that in the H2O? I, I saw the H2O ones or the ones that came after that one, but no, I was, stopped watching. It was the one with uh, H2O where he goes, Trick or treat, motherfucker. I do remember that. You just swore. I'm just reminding you. You are yeah, mistaking, was- sir. That was LL Cool J. Yeah, That's I was right. going to say, Coolio was in the convent. and then That was, was actually Cool Mo D. Cool J in Halloween. Wasn't that Flavor Flav? It was. Wasn't that Big Daddy Kane? No, that was Flavor Flav's cousin, Flavor Dave. Ah. <laughs> ah nice. <laughs> <laughs> distant, <laughs> distant cousin. 
<laughs> Super <laughs> Dave. <laughs> Isn't yes. Flavor Dave the male hooker? <laughs> was it Robert Van Winkle? Dave. <laughs> you know what? Mike and I are actually looking at doing a cool as ice show with Robert Van Winkle. That's oh, right. Beautiful. Trying to get a hold of Michael Gross. <laughs> <laughs> I got the soundtrack all queued up for that show. I, I, you know, I'm sure that that's not a high film on Michael Gross's <laughs> resume. Oh, it is. <laughs> you go to michaelgross.com. It's like it's no family ties. Pictures of him. Cool as ice. Pictures of him and Robert Van Winkle right next to him, and he's yep. flashing gang signs. Don't call him Robert Van Winkle. He's Vanilla Ice, damn it. And then when it came, when that movie came out, he was interviewed for like Empire Magazine, Empire <laughs> Film, or whatever. It says Cool as Gross. Wow. <laughs> See, Cool as Ice to me was one of those movies that I didn't catch it till it came to video because you know I missed that whole one week it was in the theater. Same and here. I was there opening night. I had tickets I mean, a week in advance. I've got the banner from the theater in my house. Seriously? Seriously? Seriously. Seriously. I, you know I'm going to want to see that when I come over next. <laughs> if I know where it's at, I will show it to you. And I've oh. got the standee version of the poster, and I saw it in the theater the week it was out. Wow. Nice. You're a true yep. fan. That's right. <laughs> He's got a Michigan's biggest about, vanilla ice fan. <laughs> I've got this pin. It's about six feet, or six feet, six inches wide, and it's a picture of van- vanilla ice, and it says, word to your mother on it. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> And then I mean, Mike you know, also I'm throwing was, gang signs right now too. That's right. And Mike actually, um, when I see him uh, when we do our show, he actually always starts out the show singing "Roll 'Em Up, Roll 'Em Up" the Hootie Mac. Mm-hmm. He's a huge post Ice Ice Baby fan. When Vanilla I've went got gang. those like little uh, the uh, marks in my eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> I have those marks in my pubes. Nice. Okay, so the, the first the first time I saw that, uh, my wife and I both worked at a grocery store, and you got to remember that's back when grocery stores had the video section. Yeah. And the employees of the store had to take home all the new VHSs to play test them to make sure that they worked right. And my wife took home Cool as Ice the day before nice. it came out on video, and so we sat and watched that together. Nice. And surprisingly, she still married me. Nice. <laughs> What's the worst film you've ever had to subject Jillian to? <laughs> the worst movie that I subjected Jillian to she was um she was with me when I was watching this is just off the top of my head she was with me when I was watching uh Frankenstein Island for the site and it was shortly after we started dating uh I was watching it for the site and halfway through she's like I feel like I'm bothering you at work <laughs> just looking <laughs> looking look really looking for an excuse to leave <laughs> All right J- Justin what about you well, this is the thing. My wife is very, uh, we've been married for uh, not that long, but we've been together for a long time. But the first movie that we watched together was uh, Todd Browning's Freak, Freaks, and she loved it. And then today I made her watch uh, Sam Fuller's Steel Helmet, and she got up and went out of the room. Oh! <laughs> what about you, Mike? Well, I'll, uh, Andrew's pretty uh, forgiving of a lot of things, but she really got mad when she sat through all of uh, The Holy Mountain. And when uh, uh-huh. Jodorowsky does that whole camera pullback thing, she was just like, you got to be kidding me. And then after that, it's like, you better not watch any more Jodorowsky in this house. See, That's to a me, bumper sticker, by the way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, to me, it was, and I didn't like the movie either. Both of us were seeing it for the first time. It was Eyes Wide Shut. We both oh. watched the movie, and then we looked at each other and went, why the hell did we just watch this? Yeah. Why didn't one of us one get the up theater. and leave? That was tough, man. It, it, it was. What was really tough was that 
all the the those little notes that they well, I think they still give them out in in theaters where it's like here's what's coming up and the the description of eyes wide shut was completely different than what the movie was and I was like well that sounded like a good movie what happened exactly what was what was the description the description was like two psychologists uh square off against each other it sounded like they were good, both going to be playing mind games with one another as they went through their divorce so i was like well that kind of it's good I remember that. I I actually I I do remember that because ours said the same thing. It gave that plot that they were both playing psychiatrists or something. Right, exactly. And yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because my theater had this note that says Stanley Kubrick goes out with a bad movie. Yeah, yeah. Not as bad as AI though. Ah. Shut up. <laughs> all right, hey, hey, hey! All right, it's getting violent, and we only got a minute left anyway. So right, everybody, project- plug their respective sites. Brad, go. TheCinemaSnob.com. Justin, go. Projection-booth.com, the ultimate movie podcast. Mike, go. Projection-booth.com. Well, I figured Justin would plug the Mondo video. All but right. Okay, fine. <laughs> and, and I'm going to plug 1201beyond.blogspot.com. You can contact me at 1201beyond at gmail.com, and you don't even need to know how to contact the other guys because no one is going to care. Ooh, <laughs> lemonparty.org. All right, fine. <laughs> I thought it was TraumaEntertainment.com. <laughs> no, no. LemonParty.org. Everyone should go. All right. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>
Since it's been a political crime in this town 